1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we are going to have such an enjoyable program. Not just because my guest has one of those lovely accents—I love it when I talk to my guests who are not from the United States—but um, it's because of the information that he has, and it is such great information. I promise, this is going to be one of the great programs that you're. Going going to listen to you hopefully multiple times. So please join me in welcoming Tom Poland to our program today. Welcome, Tom.
0: Deb, thanks so much for having me.
1: You know, let me tell people a little bit about you before we jump into this. So Tom started his first business at age 24 and has gone on to start and sell four others, taking two of them international. In that time, he's managed teams of over 100 people, an annual revenue of more than 20 million. He's the best-selling author of Leadsology, The Science of Being in Demand. He's also shared international speaking platforms with the likes of Michael Gerber of e Fame, Richard Koch of the 80-20 Principal, Brian Tracy, and many others. So again, Tom, welcome to our program.
0: Look, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. And we were just talking before about how wonderful it is. There you are in Atlanta, Georgia. Here I am on the sand little Castaways beach in the, the northern of Queensland of Australia. And um, we can have a chat.
1: Right. you know, And that's one of the things that makes our lives easier. And our lives more difficult as a business owner is this worldwide reach that we now have. You know, unless you are a true brick and mortar store where you're marketing to maybe people within five miles of your zip code, you might be quite literally marketing to people around the world, especially if you're someone like you are, like I am, who has a service that you provide. And so what we're going to be talking about is marketing and specifically for people who are providing services. But let's take a little step back and talk to us why did you decide that this was your passion and this was something that you wanted to do?
0: Yeah, great question. Look, it's very very much being an evolutionary process. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you walk a certain distance and then you see a little further and that's exactly what's happened with onji If mm-hmm. I've, 37 odd years in sales and marketing i started a a very holistic business development program for business owners way back in 1995 i took that national and then international mm-hmm. and in 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 teaching business owners everything from gee i don't know balanced scorecard business models including marketing of course leadership hr issues as i said it was it was fairly holistic mm-hmm. uh, what i discovered is that there were certain aspects of that program that I really, really enjoyed taking and training and and, and helping people with, and that was marketing. Mm-hmm. And then, so I essentially, when I, when I finished up with that business and wanted to start a new one in 2008, I started a new business, which was just marketing for business owners. And then mm-hmm. another evolution happened, and I discovered that When I was going to meet with a client, I got kind of excited and passionate about meeting with the ones who were marketing services, advice, or software. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't quite so passionate about the ones that had a physical thing to sell, retail, manufacturing, and so on. So I made the other, the next evolutionary leap, and I just niched and said, Well, from now on, I'm going to work with professionals who market a service, advice, or software. So it was something very similar to what I was doing. And I found that a lot easier to teach effectively.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it is very different marketing a service as opposed to a product. Mm. You know, a product, you can get in the car and kick the tires. You can hand them a stapler and explain to them what a stapler does. You know, when you have something physical, in many ways, it sells itself. You know, you might have to explain it, all these various things. But when you're selling a service, if you don't explain it correctly and and therefore market it correctly – people are going to go, huh, we don't understand. So that's what I love about this, because there are so many people who provide services. And and really, they don't they try and market it like it's a physical product, like it's a widget, like it's, you know, a stapler, as I mentioned, things like that. But why is it really, you know, aside from the fact that there's a physical thing that you can touch and feel and play with? What is you know, what are some of the other differences about marketing a service?
0: You're 100% right, Deb, that, that and I'll come on to the fundamental difference in a moment, but one of the very big ones that you've just touched on is that it's very difficult often for the creator of a service to be able to articulate the features of that service clearly and, and succinctly for that matter. So so that is a big challenge for people. They, they know what it is inside their own head, but when it comes to putting it onto a web page or explaining it to people, uh, sometimes they stumble a bit, and what's clear in their own head is not is not clear on the other person's head. The biggest difference, though, I would suggest, is that marketing a service is more like proposing marriage than it is selling a car. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're selling a car, well, let's put it like round the other way. When we're, let's say we go to buy a car, and mm-hmm. a dealership has exactly the car we want. It's the right color. It's got the right wheels. It's got the right steering wheel, for goodness sake. It's everything. It's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Mm-hmm. And we go to that dealership because they've got it for, I don't know, let's say a third off, and it's got a manufacturer's warranty. So this is the exact car you want, and it's like you cannot lose because it's got a manufacturer's right. warranty. And you go into the showroom, and the salesperson is one of those glad-handers, you know, the slapping your back and they're smiling mm, and they're right. looking.
1: What can and, I do for you today?
0: Yeah, boy, have I got a deal for you! And and you just don't really click with this person. So, but the question mm-hmm. is, do you still buy the car? Right. And the answer for most people is hell yeah. I mean, it's an unbeatable mm-hmm, right. deal. And I never have to see the salesperson again once I've got mm-hmm. the keys in my hand and I'm driving away with a smile on my face. But that's not the same when you're marketing – when you're buying – let's keep it in the same vein. When you're buying a service from a consultant, a business coach, an architect, uh, mm-hmm. you're going into a relationship with a person because that relationship right. is the source of the product, metaphorically speaking. So we need to understand that, you know, you've seen these reality TV shows, Married at First Sight, and we know how they normally end. we. Mm-hmm.
1: we, we, right.
0: we, uh-huh. we one of the big mistakes is, is that people – Fail to recognise that they are actually marketing a relationship first and foremost, and their service is, is 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 a secondary marketing opportunity or obstacle, depending on many how we articulate it. So I think mm-hmm. that that premature proposition where people go to business meetings and they thrust their business cards into people's hands and say, you know, we should talk sometime some time about doing business. That's what I'm talking about. That's that mm-hmm. that's we, it's it's premature proposition,
1: right. And most of the time, it it not only turns us off, but we think we don't remember them. You know, how I'm looking at my desk now. I have this little stack of business cards, and I bet if I were to go through them, Mm. none of them would stand out. You know, I wouldn't remember. Oh my gosh, this was so and so. I need to call them back because if I thought that, I would have already contacted them. You know, I wouldn't have just plunked their business card down onto my, my desk or, you know, in the, in the lovely box. How many, you know, times have we put them in our box and, you know, and, and then you look at it years later or months later and you think, who is this person? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it was because they didn't try and, you know, hello, I'm guilty of this too, to establish that relationship first. Um, you know, by, by thrusting the business card or the brochure or, you know, even if it's just, you know, the, the handshake, it was just, it, it, it kind of goes back to a used car salesman. You know, mm-hmm. how can I help you today and what can I do for you without ever talking with the person, establishing that they might actually even be interested in what it is that you've got and all of those various things.
0: There's, there's a heck of a lot to unpack in what you just said. I guess one of them is that as human beings, we have this very interesting psychology that the moment we think that someone wants us or needs us, it stimulates a reaction on a spectrum from apathy to aversion. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons why a whole lot of first dates fail, particularly blind dates, because you have one person right. in that couple going, oh, God, you're wonderful. Oh, I want to spend the rest of mm-hmm. my life with you. How many babies mm-hmm. are we going to have? And, and you're like, eat <laughs> oh, I'm out of here, you know, apathy mm-hmm. to aversion. Uh, and mm-hmm. I-, I made the mistake once, <laughs> Tev, sh- I'll share this with you. I said to my wife once, I said, I'm just curious, who, who would you say is the most irresistible man on earth? And this is not a question mm-hmm. you should ask your wife, by the way, folks.
1: Right. Uh, no, no. Uh,
0: and she, she got thinking, which is always a bad thing.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes. The first uh, words out of her mouth were not you.
0: <laughs> well, actually, they were. She said, well, you are, of course, sweetie. And I said, yeah, of course. I said to her, who could resist a, a bald guy <laughs> with a pop at belly and wrinkles? But apart from me, uh, and, and she thought a bit, And she and in the end, she came up with Hugh Jackman. You know and I okay, and I, I,
1: I would vote. Th- yeah, I, I, vote that. I, I can mm-hmm. see
0: you, you know, waving your hands frantically in front of your cheeks right now. Um, mm-hmm. yes. and uh, apparently, he's been voted by some by any number of magazines as the world's most irresistible man. Something I mean, like three or five years <laughs> running, and I, and I said to him, Well, of course, you would be. I mean, you can sing, you can dance. He can act. He earns like a million bucks a week.
1: He's, he has that accent. He's mm-hmm.
0: got that accent, uh, which is incredibly alluring, as we all know. <laughs> and and he's he's got a body Adonis would die for, and he's not too hard mm-hmm. on the eyes. So, I, right. I, I said to her, well, let me ask you this. If there was a knock at the door right now, at our front door, and you went mm-hmm. and answered it and pulled the door open, and it was Hugh Jackman standing there and He dropped to one knee and he lifted up the small red velvet box and opened it. And it was like a million-dollar diamond ring sparkling there. And he said to you, Uta Stringer, which is my wife's name, you don't know me, but my name's Hugh Jackman. Would you make me the happiest man on earth and and marry me? What, What would you say? And my wife looked at me and she said, well, you know I love you, Right. I said, "Yeah, I, I think I know where this is heading."
1: Yeah, there's a butt that's coming yeah. after that, <laughs>
0: and there was. It was, but, but, but I would have. To, I told she said I'd have to apologize. You'd probably never see me again. I said, "Look, don't apologize. If if mm-hmm. I'd answered the door and he proposed to me, I probably would have disappeared as well. And I'm not even gay. <laughs> you know, this guy mm-hmm. is. This guy He's that good. He's that good. And and that's you know, Hugh Jackman marketing is what a lot of people practice. You know, they. Mm-hmm. they they're out there at trade shows or business networking meetings, and they're talking to people over coffee or dinner parties, and and they're hoping against hope that they'll be able to pull off a Hugh Jackman. And right. we are not the commercial equivalent of Hugh Jackman. You just said it. There is a pile mm-hmm. of business cards; they're not that memorable. And I, mm-hmm. I did a little—I won't call it research, but I did a little Google searching, and there is someone called Jack Human. Now, Jack Human manages a. Uh, let me see. What is it? Nando's. Get this right. Chicken restaurant in Doncaster, England. And ah. he's he's a little bit more overweight than I am, and a bit scruffier looking than I am, and that's saying something. And he's probably a lovely guy. You can you can find him on LinkedIn. Don't tell him I sent you. Uh, and and if he had knocked at the front door, I'm betting my wife would have come back. And right. assuming you know, let's say she was single and he was of the right age, etc. If he had asked her out on a date. To a nice restaurant or a nice show, she might have said yes. Give the guy a chance. So that's more mm-hmm. like we've got to do our uh, uh, we got to do marketing mm-hmm. more like we're Jack Human and less like we're Hugh Jackman.
1: Right. We have to build that relationship.
0: Go build the relationship, and and you know the best way you do that, and in, in in if you're getting to know someone from a from a romantic point of view, is is you have a date. You, you Mm -hmm. go to an event together, whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a show or whether it's a sporting event or whether it's a walk in the park, but you go somewhere together and you hang out together Mm -hmm. and you get to know each other. So for people offering services, advice or software, there's any one number of ways that they can offer prospects the metaphorical equivalent of a date. You can Mm -hmm. get people to an online meeting. You can, Mm -hmm. you can actually, you can have a multiple-day challenge. For example, we have a five-day lead generation challenge. Uh, There are all sorts of immersive experience. There are lunch and learns or breakfast. I mean, I prefer to do everything online because we have clients literally all around the world, and -hmm. I I love that. But So it can be an online experience. But the online experience or the physical breakfast, lunch, and learn or whatever it happens to be, can you have a breakfast, lunch, and learn? Probably not, but there you go. I just created one. We'll call call it a A,
1: a brunch and learn. A
0: brunch and learn. Thank you. The world's first brunch and learn. And um, by having that, there's a whole lot of things that happen. First of all, if someone turns up to that and the title of what they're going to learn at that event is aligned with what it is you would like them to happily invest in, then you've just Mm -hmm. got yourself a semi-qualified prospect. Right. Uh, The fact that they can show up to meetings is a really good start uh, because not everyone seems to be able to do that. Right. And that they've expressed an interest in the subject, as I've, as I've said. Hopefully, you get them nice and engaged and, and motivated. And at the end of that, that's probably the time to propose for those who are interested that you have a talk about whether or not you have something that's a fit for their needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned something in there that you actually talk about in your book, and that's that it's there's an alignment with what you told them they were going to hear mm. and then what they actually came to hear. And you know that happens so many times. We think, well, we you know we're going to invite someone to a webinar to talk about X, and then hmm, we're going to try and sell them Y, or you know yeah. maybe a little of X, but lots more Y, yeah. and then people get confused yeah. and they're like, well,
0: and and there why only why should we bother with that? And there only has to be this one step disconnect between mm-hmm. what we told them, what the title and what the subject of the event is. And the offer mm-hmm. just that one step disconnect, and I can give you an example. Mm-hmm. A colleague of mine's a time management expert, uh, Robin. is actually globally known. Her brand is getting a mm-hmm. grip. Time management expert, mm-hmm. great. And I said, well, why don't you mm-hmm. why don't you do a, a webinar to to my my network? You know, it's a terrific subject. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm an expert in, but you are. We had a ter- we had like a couple of hundred people register, and I don't know, maybe a hundred people mm-hmm. turn up, and it was, it was great. And she did mm-hmm. a terrific job. Time time mm-hmm. management it was something like how to get another seven hours back every week, something like that. And she did a terrific job. Wow. And I'm thinking, great. I mean, she's got everyone excited about this and engaged and interested. And the offer at the end was for an eight-week program on office productivity. Now, Hmm. you would think that that was so close to time management. If you're more productive in your office, you're going to have more time, right? You're going to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. Zero sales. And right. There takes, was
1: just a slight disconnect.
0: That's it. Just this one step disconnect. So, whatever mm-hmm. you're offering in the title of an event, or whatever experience it might be, whether it's a an uh, you know an, an online, we do these little things called boardroom briefings, or whether it's a bigger webinar, uh, whether it's a multi day challenge, whatever immersive experience you're creating for people to to simulate the commercial equivalent of a date, because we're more like mm-hmm. Jack Human than we are Hugh Jackman. Then that title, that's the honey, that's it's like the pot of gold that you're, you're putting out in front of them, that's got to be totally aligned so that if they have an interest in that event, they're far more likely to have an interest in whatever it is your service is.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can expand that, but offer them that first thing first.
0: And last thing as well. <laughs> Right. So, in other words, right. you know, you've you, you've been through this event, you've been through this experience. If you'd like to know more, and if you wanted to figure out if we've got something here that might be a fit for your needs, here's the link. Book a time to have a chat.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Now, one of the things that yeah, I I loved your whole book, and so I made all these notes. And probably what's going to happen is we're going to have to—I can tell already—have you on again because we're not going to get through all my notes. Um, and. Uh, so, it, actually, before we really jump into the book, which again is called Leadsology, the science of being in demand, tell people just a little, briefly, bit more about Leadsology and the programs that you offer, and then we'll we'll delve more into the the process.
0: Oh, right, thank you. So, so Leadsology is there's a whole lot of things that happen when you when you effectively market a a, a service, advice, or software. But the core promise behind Leadsology is that we want the leads to be inbound. So we mm-hmm. don't want to have to go out and set up trade, trade shows and we don't want to have to do any icky cold calling or uh, you know, sending out 10,000 direct mass letters or something like that. Mm-hmm. We really want the leads to be coming in So we, uh, because the psychology of that is so powerful that when people are reaching out to you and saying, you know, Deb, can I, can I book a time to talk to you about becoming a client? And those people already know what your fee range is and they have a pretty Mm -hmm. good idea of how you work with clients, and they like that. As I said, they've reached out to you. And probably more importantly, what Leadsology does is it positions you as the only game in town because you've differentiated what you've done to the point. And as you mentioned before, you've registered the trademark of the show, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Which is? Yeah. So the, the Business Power Hour is a registered trademark.
0: And there's only one person in North America who has that. And uh, that's Deb Korea, And so you've done a terrific right. job of differentiating. Mm-hmm. The, the, you are the only game in town when it, when it comes to that mm-hmm. particular thing. So by mm-hmm. by desirable differentiation, by the time someone reaches out to say, hey, I'm interested in becoming a client, can we talk, they really th- – you have no direct competitors. So there's only one Leedsology. Mm-hmm. I've got that registered in about you know, 15 right. different countries around the world. So if someone wants mm-hmm. Leedsology – you know, I'm the only game in town. If they want some other form of marketing, sure, they can go elsewhere. So that that differentiation is a foundation stone of effective marketing and certainly a foundation stone of leadsology. But the big thing with leadology is the leads are coming in because we've generated that demand.
1: hmm Well, and- The big thing is you're not wasting a lot of time and money, Um, you know, and and unfortunately for a small business owner, for an entrepreneur, that is what happens, especially Mm. when they're starting out. They're thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to go to every networking meeting I possibly can. Mm. I must give out my brochure. I must do this. I must do that. And they're doing the shotgun approach, you know, somewhere in there. I might actually hit something, Mm. but I'm going to have spent so much time and effort that I might even miss it when they come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and that, is, yeah. that is such an important lesson for people to learn. And it's scary because they're thinking, well, but if I don't try to reach out to everybody, and I always love it when I ask people, who's your target? market, and they say everyone, and yes. I just want to beat them about the head. Um, it, they really absolutely have to figure out who their ideal client is. And you talk a lot about that in your book. And, and you know, it's very important to note that it's not perfect client. It's the ideal client. Mm. So walk us through why it is, you know, not just that it's, you know, we talked about a waste of time, waste of money. How does somebody figure out who their ideal client is?
0: I actually think this is one of the, the simplest things to do. Uh, and I think, first of all, you've, again, hit the nail on the head. We don't want to be all things to all people. Uh, mm-hmm. Because when we, you know, if, if I'm marketing, if I'm just saying to, well, anyone who wants leads, that's my ideal client, then that could be a global conglomerate. It could be someone at the corner store. It uh, could, mm-hmm. be, could be a professional marketing service, a bus or software. But as soon as I niche then I increase the effectiveness because I've increased the focus. And I can be far more prescriptive, mm-hmm. both in terms of working with clients and what I empower them, which means they're going to be more effective. But I can also speak to the unique needs that professionals have. So I, w- mm-hmm. I would say to anyone who's 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 pondering this question, go back and think about the best clients that you've had in the past, the ones that you enjoyed working with the most, the ones that mm-hmm. never queried your bill and always paid on time and they showed up and they implemented and they got extraordinary value and they just love you and create, right. create an avatar around that person. You don't need to go to a one day workshop mm-hmm. and try to figure out what sort of coffee they order at Starbucks. You know, you just need to go and sit in your common sense corner and figure out right. an approximate mm-hmm. age demographic. The sort of role that they're in are they are they C-suite executives? Are they entrepreneurs? Are they you know exactly who who not exactly but but in general terms who they are? Because at the end of the mm-hmm. day we cannot we we want a very good idea of who they are, but we cannot specifically state exactly who they are. Which is why these one-day workshops about figuring out whether they have a Gucci handbag or a Versace is a complete waste of time because they don't go around with a sign on their head. So, and the way I put it is this what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to find a forest full of bears and that represents a network of some description and we know that mm-hmm. let's say that a little metaphor there's, there's a forest and there's a hundred sleeping bears in that forest and let's say three mm-hmm. of them are hungry for honey mm-hmm. and we've got a couple of options we can go running through that forest with a big pole with a sharp pointy part on the end we can jab all the bears in the, in the bum and wake them up and wave our little honey pot in front of their nose and if the bears Hunger exceeds their anger, then we get to live. Mm-hmm. And, and right. the bear forgets about the fact that we've been very, very annoying and eats our honey. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to be annoying a lot of bears and we better learn how to run fast. The alternative is, is once we've figured out where the bears are, we just put the honeypot outside the forest. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what effective inbound marketing does. That's what Lee Donji does is it, is it, is it puts the honeypot outside the forest. The hungry bears wake up and they come out. So we got to know where the forests are. And we got to know that there's bears in that forest, but beyond that, what do you think about it? You know, if if you have, a, not that I recommend this necessarily, but a meetup uh, or you're putting on a webinar or some description, that's essentially what you're doing is you're finding a forest that's got some potential hungry bears in it and you're putting the honeypot out. And the ones that have an interest in your subject, interest, metaphorically speaking, in our honey, they're going to come out of that forest. They're going to register for your meetup or register for your webinar. And so, you have to know exactly what your ideal client looks like well enough for that to happen. Beyond that, as I said, we're going to be marketing to groups of people and we don't know exactly which ones are going to be ideal clients. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and in your book, I love that you talk about the fact that not only then are, you know, another step in that to them being an ideal client is they're ready to make that purchase and... They have the money to do mm. it. Yeah. <laughs> and and so many people kind of forget that step. Mm. And and so we spend a lot of time, you know, marketing whatever it is to people who can't afford mm. us, and and you know, whether it's very inexpensive or very expensive. You know, they, for whatever reason, they can't afford us, or maybe they just aren't ready to pull that trigger and make that purchase. You know, it it's kind of the, I tell people, you know, when I'm talking about, say, newspaper advertising, I say, you never notice the ads for, say, furniture until you're ready to buy Mm. furniture. And so you know your ideal client is, as you talk about it in your book is the fact that it is somebody who you know is ready to make that purchase and can go ahead and make that
0: purchase. quite right the three characteristics are one is they are aware of the need for what you have, even if they're not mm-hmm. yet aware of your brand. Uh, they have the money to pay for your service and the timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, people don't go walking around with a you know a dollar sign in their forehead saying there's so much money I got to spend with you so we we need to have a filtering system in place so that by the time someone books a time to talk with you about becoming a client, they've already not only are they aware of your fees but they have agreed that they can afford your fees before they talk to you, otherwise, you end up milking mice if you get you know it's like it's really hard to get the milk out of a mouse it's much easier to find a mm-hmm. cow uh, and it's you know probably quite painful for the mouse I imagine I haven't actually tried it, but it's frustrating <laughs> for you. Painful for the mouse, uh, you know, and, and if you talk to people and you're getting them, you're excited about working with them, they're excited about working with you, and then it comes down to the price and there's this, there's a shock, this is like, oh my goodness, I had no idea you charged that much, or I, gee, I just, mm-hmm. I just, it's not a good time, you know, I just had this big medical bill come in and, and think, well, you think, well, why are you talking with me then if you have, like, if you're flat broke, but 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 if you've done a great job of your marketing, you've got people very excited about talking with you, and so you know they're tempted to forget about the the idea that they the, the fact that they haven't got your money. So we have we have filtering systems in place. So we definitely are targeting people who are as best we as best we can tell aware of their need, because that means you don't have to sell them on the idea that what you've got is a good idea. They're aware of the need. They have the money for the time. He's perfect. So we want a lot of those people going through our lead generation machine, but we want filters in place so that only the best people are actually booking a time to speak with you. And that way you're not wasting anyone's time.
1: hmm Well, and you know, I remember back when I first started my business and and you know, we're a full service marketing and PR firm. And and anytime somebody asked us for a proposal or a quote, I'd spend hours and hours and hours and hours writing proposals, you know. And and now, granted, once you kind of got the you know got it down, you just went through and you changed names and some of the details. But frequently, then you would hand it to them, you know, wrapped up in this bow, and you know, or you know, it, it, you know, kind of like the the marriage thing, you know, we put them in the 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 fancy red box, and they would go, "You cost how much?" No, 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 and you know, and then of course, their next big question was but my budget is half that, or I really hadn't wanted to spend that much. Yeah. And, you know, in the first couple of times I went, sure, because I was the struggling business owner, all of those things. And it never worked. I mean, you know, let's be honest, those things never work for whatever reason. And so one of the things I learned to tell them was, yes, that is my price. If you can't afford that, then we can discuss something different, but I'm not I'm not giving you a discount. I'm not doing, you know, all those various things that they're wanting you to do because hello, we all love a good bargain, right? But you know, they when they said, "Hey, I can't pay $5,000." You know, I I wouldn't say, "Oh, what can you mm. pay?" And that's one of the things again that you talk about in your book is pricing. You know, we think, "Well, if we can make it cheap, then we 're going to get more people who are going to buy it from us and And of course, what happens is all we end up doing is devaluing what we 're mm, offering.
0: absolutely and you're also depowering the value delivery process. So in other words, when you work with that client, mm-hmm. the psychology is all wrong because you've bent over backwards, you've right. compromised, you've you've discounted, right. you've you've cut your prices. So from a psychological, mm-hmm.
1: and they now have you where they want you. And, and
0: they have you where you, they want you. They are the boss, and you know, I feature on my mm-hmm. people want to book a time with me. I, I tell them. Look, I, I I can help people who are demanding but not controlling. And if you've if you've cut your prices dramatically, then you're dealing with someone who's controlling you now, and that that will not work because you've lost respect and you've lost all sorts of things. So, so the mm-hmm. the power of pricing is phenomenal and. You mentioned that I've, I've spoken about in the book, which is quite right. And I have mm-hmm. people that would not buy a $2,000 program from me, but they would buy mm-hmm. a $15,000 program, even if it was the same content. Mm-hmm. And-
1: because they see more value yeah. in the $15,000 yeah. 000- or they want to be able to say, oh, I did the fifteen thousand dollar level.
0: Yeah, and if they've got you know two million dollars of revenue coming in, then in their mind, two thousand uh, dollars program can't can't mm-hmm. be a fit for them. So, right. so the pricing is one of the most elastic and one of the most dynamic and phenomenal uh, characteristics of marketing, uh, and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing because provided you do your marketing right and you're, in, you're generating demand, then you can put your prices up. The big mistake a lot of people make when it comes to pricing is thinking, well, what would I pay for it as the provider? Because mm-hmm. I know the what's and all, and I know how good it is, but I know how the deficiencies or whatever else, and I and there can be a lack of confidence that comes in there. So, we mustn't have a price mm-hmm. based on what we would pay for it. We have to price it on what our ideal client is going to pay for it.
1: Right. Many years ago, when I started out in in this business, I worked for a, a gentleman. He had, you know, he was a, the partner in an ad and PR firm, and we never ever told, you advertised our prices. You know, they weren't on the website, they weren't, you know, anywhere. And his big thing was that you charge what the market will bear, and and I love that philosophy because it allowed us to have flexibility with what we were doing. And you know, say for if if we wanted to do a, say an ad campaign for a nonprofit, they weren't going to be able to pay the premium prices, you know, and 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 that just you know was was the simple truth of the matter. But if we were going after say a doctor, a lawyer, somebody who routinely themselves charges a pretty high price, if we didn't have an equally high price, then again they didn't see value in it, you know. If we told them, oh, it's twenty five dollars an hour. And they charge 300 an hour. They're like, now, why would I want to work Absolutely. with you? If we told them 350 an hour, they're like, ooh, oh, okay. I, this this must really be
0: Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And I look, I've had programs that I've marketed for $1,000. Uh, then I thought, well, I'll put that up and see what happens Two and a half thousand dollars, no, no, no buying resistance whatsoever. Five thousand dollars, still get the same conversion numbers. Seven and a half thousand dollars, still going strong. Around right about the seven and a half thousand dollars, mm-hmm. we st- the the conversion has dropped a bit, but overall we were way ahead of the uh, of what we were doing before. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand dollars, no difference between a seven and a half thousand dollar price ticket and a ten thousand dollar price ticket. Makes you wonder where the thing stops. Now wow. the other interesting,
1: I game, know, Yeah, how high right, can that's you part go? Part of
0: the fun game, and if you're generating demand. Mm -hmm. and you've got inquiries coming in every single week, and people are buying, then you can afford to test those limits. If if you Mm -hmm. don't have the demand, of course, it's it's a much scarier game. But nevertheless, you you do wonder how high you can go. But the other thing I've noticed is Mm -hmm. that the more people pay, the better they implement. And if people implement, they get value, and people who get value refer. Mm -hmm. So it becomes... Mm-hmm. Higher prices are not only beneficial immediately and directly up front to the vendor, but they're also beneficial longer term because you tend to attract people who are better at implementing and therefore get more value and will refer more people.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, a great example is, again, say a webinar. You offer it for free and you have 300 people that sign up and three actually show up. (laughs) If you had made, you know, even a $10 charge or something, you know, obviously it it, it all varies, but if they had some skin in the game, they are much more likely to do it than to to completely blow it off and think, well, this didn't cost me anything. So why am I even going to bother? You know, lots of other things are going to come up that are going to take higher priority for them. So when you charge for it, they're going to be much more, as you said, vested in it. Yeah,
0: you, you can use that as a bit of a tap. You can turn off or turn on or partway off. And you're absolutely right. I mean, mm-hmm. the more you charge for, say, let's say a marketing webinar, where, as soon as you charge, of course, it's incumbent upon you anyway, regardless of whether you charge or not to deliver a lot mm-hmm. of value. But as soon as you charge, there is more onus on you to deliver value. You will get less, less people registering, but you will get a higher attendance rate. And the ones that do turn up, you know, are extra hungry for that pot of honey. The difference is in the corporate market. It's easy for a corporate manager to pull out the corporate credit card and pay a hundred bucks to come to a training webinar. It's, there's no real skin in the game for them, right? But
1: yeah, it's not—it's not, it's not but his the money.
0: Time—that's <laughs> their skin in the game. So long mm-hmm. as they've got skin in the game. Right. Uh, I, with my webinars, I'm just looking at our panel here. We're running one later this week. We've got 280 people registered. That's 280 people more in my email subscriber list. Uh, we have an attendance rate of around 40%. A lot of webinars these days are getting under Mm. 10% because people who run webinars are doing a great job of saying, hey, don't worry about showing up. There'll be a replay, you know.
1: (laughs) And I am one of those people. I am like, well, I really am not sure that I can do it at, you know, 1 p.m. on on Tuesday. Is there going to be a recording available? And they almost always say yes. And then- I'm not sure that I ever go back and no, listen. That's what you <laughs> you know? Because even if even if I paid, you know, it it gets lost in my email because it's like, oh yeah, wh- whatever. I'll I'll take the time. And I probably have five of those in my email right <laughs> <It's-> now where <laughs> I had said, hey, I'll yeah. go do that. And and it's funny because we we think people want that flexibility, but Oh, yeah. as as you said, it doesn't always and, work
0: And that it's out. not like it's not like you know we're offering a, a Netflix program, right? Where you've got you're looking at Netflix on mm-hmm. a big screen TV. You, you can't easily access emails, and you can't check right. Facebook feeds while mm-hmm. you're watching the the program. It's hopefully very engaging, but mm-hmm. if it's a webinar replay and you know it's not live. You're gonna probably open your emails up on the side and just check them, and mm-hmm. you keep one ear on the webinar presented to see if there's anything interesting. So right. the level of engagement is reduced dramatically when it's a replay and people know it's a replay. Mm-hmm. So we, the way we, we we position it is we we don't charge for the webinar, but I offer one at my time at seven a.m., one at seven p.m. because we have a global audience, and that way mm-hmm. people can pretty much get there wherever mm-hmm. they are. But it's a filtering pro- step for us. So it, it, we, we don't want to want to get more mm-hmm. leads in, but we actually want to get some of the people are filtered out that we don't want there. And if you mm-hmm. can uh, make a commitment to attend an event and you can show up to the event, you've just filtered yourself into the next step. The other thing is uh, that I was going to mention, uh, which is now escaped from my brain, but it'll come back, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. With, with online events, we, we feature it heavily that two things. One is there is nothing to buy. You're not going to have some sort mm-hmm. of, frenzied peacock dance at the end where I pitch something is countdown time when there's stacked bonuses and the scarcity and all that infomercial stuff. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have that. Okay. So leave your credit card at home. Second thing is in, and this is in title case, so it's like we're yelling it. There will be no replay. (laughs) We've given you.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. If you care about it, you will do it live. So we,
0: when we first started doing webinars way back in 2008, quite a while ago now, actually, almost 10 years ago. Uh, you know, we would get 50%, 60% mm-hmm. turnout. And then I noticed over the years it went down to 30%, 25%. We were getting as low as 12.5% mm-hmm. at one point. Now, by advertising mm-hmm. absolutely no replay sorry, but we've got two events on. If you can make it, great. If you can't, I'm sorry about that. We've got our attendance levels back up to 40%. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know, and and the other thing that I absolutely hate when somebody does a webinar is they only give you a little tiny piece, and if you really want to know the whole thing, which I mean, you know, they they are a lead generation, you know, don't get us wrong, but when and and but there's a a a right way to do it where you really are thinking, oh my gosh, this is fabulous, I need to continue this, but if it's you know in the first five minutes, I'm thinking the only way I can get what I really need is to pay for it then then I'm a little well, turned off, yeah. um, you know, and, and especially if somebody says, well, I really didn't prepare for it, but you can buy my book or you can, do, I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and I've had that Seriously? happen before.
0: Oh, I haven't had that oh, one yeah. yet. That's mm-hmm. a doozy. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's incumbent. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to build a great brand, you want people loving your brand, whether they buy or not, you, you've got to add value. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to deliver on the promise, right. then you've got to freaking well over-deliver on the promise. Here's mm-hmm. what I do, Deb, and this might help people who are presenting, is, is is I say to people, look, I'm I will answer every question you give me. If time permitting, we can go we mm-hmm. can get into the weeds as far as we possibly can within this, the realms of the time we've got. But I want you to know that if you try to implement what I'm about to show you, and, and you need to tell you this in the interest of being direct and honest and truthful, then it's a pretty good chance you won't succeed it. It's taken me 37 years to get here. It's pretty unlikely that you could be able to, in, in the 45 minutes we've got together, get enough information to be able to implement effectively. Right. A- and I, I say to him, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I could do it right now because the French Open is on, but normally there's one grand slam that's just been French Tennis Open. I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, I can watch mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. watch TV and, and watch Rafael Nadal wipe the court with some other poor guy. And, you know, it's six love, six one, six two. And I can say to my wife, hey, honey, I've spent an hour and a half watching Rafael Nadal play tennis. I'm going to go on the pro circuit, you know, what do you think my chances Mm -hmm. are? And, of course, it would be a disaster, right?
1: She's She's going to laugh laugh at you. you. So Mm -hmm.
0: please don't think that you can sit through 45 minutes of how to generate leads and be like that guy who's watching Rafael Nadal and say, yeah, I can play tennis now. And that's just being honest with you. But I will share with you everything I possibly can within the 45 minutes we've got together. And I think that's a well-balanced and reasonable approach that most people nod their heads and go, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So mm-hmm. right. within the, the within the the, the the those boundaries I'm happy to share everything because the real smart ones are the ones I want to work with and the smart ones understand they will need a hand to put this whole thing together.
1: Right. And, yeah, and, and it's great if they want to try and implement it themselves. Um, you know, and, and, and that's why all these books are sold and why, you know, all of these webinars happen is there, you know, there are a lot of people who are the do it yourselfers, but. If you're serious about it, it's just like you said, you know, then you, we do realize, oh my gosh, I do need help. Um, you know, and, and we go from there, whether it's, you know, anything, you know, a, a copy, you know, hiring a copywriter, hiring, you know, hiring the experts to help us. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, you wouldn't watch a YouTube video on how to do surgery and then try and do <laughs> surgery. <You> know, well, <laughs> there, there's not going to be enough. Maybe to change the oil in your car, but yeah. not enough to, to well, there's, do There's surgery. a caveat
0: here. And the caveat is that if there are no other options, and I'm on a desert island, and somehow I've got, you know, miraculously, mm-hmm. I've got mobile phone coverage, and my friend was dying of appendicitis, right. then I'm going to get uh, that UTI. Yeah,
1: I'm, I might have, have in, to. in other words, mm-hmm.
0: we, we, by all means, do what you can with what you've got. And if you are flat mm-hmm. broke, then right. please do something. Take something from the webinar or this interview, mm-hmm. or whatever, and implement that right. thing. Do what you can with what you got, and then take another step and get some, a couple of clients on board. Then come back and invest. But mm-hmm. but please, if you don't, you know, don't fool yourself. If you've got the money, you got the money. If you can get it off off a card. You can
1: mm-hmm.
0: borrow it from your husband or wife. If you've got it in the bank account, then don't don't say you have Don't you can't because you can, and if you can, you should. Mm-hmm. Whether it's investing in debts. Whatever you're doing, Deb, or whoever else is doing, you know, find an expert because that person will take years and years and years uh, off the process of making whatever you're doing effective.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. One of the other things that you talk about in your book, and I love this concept, and you call it the bait trail, and it's it's the person who you know when when I you know I would say, "Hey, Tom." what can you do? And you give me the 900 word version of everything that you can do from soup to nuts. And when you hit like, you know, 30 seconds into it, my eyes glazed over. And I think that's the problem that so many small business owners have, or big business owners also, you know, know, tell me a little bit about, and we never get the little bit, we get the, we can do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. So what is the bait trail? And why is that so important?
0: Right? Well, the bait trail is actually based on the the Hansel and Gretel story, which in my mind, at least, thinking mm-hmm. back to childhood, there was, a, you know, the Wicked Witch laid out in the forest. Wait, uh,
1: right. How did we not get terrified by these I don't know. What was the Grim
0: Brothers thinking? I mean, you know, I, 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 mm-hmm. can still, I can still remember. I was a kid. I kind of be more than like five or six years old with this Wicked Witch with this cauldron. She was going to cook these kids in. For crying out loud. Is,
1: right. And she already this had. This is a fairy tale?
0: <laughs> anyway. Getting into the, the house made of candy, you know, she laid out this series of sweets along a trail. The kids would walk along the trail. They'd find a sweet. Oh, look at that. Let's, let's see if there's another one. Find another sweet. And eventually, of course, they led to the house. Mm-hmm. And, and what, that's what we got to do with our marketing. There's no point in just putting a pile of sweets there mm-hmm. for people to pick, to, you know, to tuck into. Mm-hmm. So, so the concept of the bait trail, essentially what it's saying is that if we give people more information than they need to take the next step, then it's too much information. So if you know w- what is the information someone needs to to register for a webinar, you give them that, but only that much. So so uh, let's have a look at this. the cop- question I often get as a copywriter is is how long should my web page be? And uh, the answer is as long as it takes mm-hmm. to get the job done, and then as short.
1: Right. How long should my then block? as short as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I love that. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Mark Twain. He said, you know, you started writing a letter once, and he said, look, I have to apologize. This is going to be such a long letter. I just don't have enough time to make it a short one. And William Faulkner, mm-hmm. who said, you know, he was responding to the question, you know, how do you write such compelling novels that just page turners? He said, oh, you just have to kill your darlings. Mm-hmm. So those those passages mm-hmm. of prose that you thought are so eloquent, if they're not helping people to turn that page, you you edit it out. So – So, what is it that, what's the outcome you're wanting? For example, are you wanting someone to buy your book? Are you wanting someone to register for an event? Are you wanting someone to undertake your survey? Mm -hmm. What information do they need to read or hear in order to take that Mm -hmm. next step? That's all you give them. They let them go to that next step. And at the end of that event, then you can give them the next step. And then you can give the next step. And then you give the next step. Mm -hmm. We vastly overestimate the amount of information that Mm -hmm. a recipient of new facts can assimilate. So give them as much as they need to go to the next step and then as little as possible. Kill your darlings. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I think of it as like when I put something into MapQuest you know, so I, you know, I put the address in. Now, I might glance and see, okay, well, you know, it says it's going to take me 32 minutes. But if I think I have to do this, then this, then this, then this, then this, pretty soon I'm thinking, no, uh, I can't do yeah. any of that. Um, you know, and and, and so, I, I you know, I never leave the house. We get overwhelmed with that information. You know, yeah. I really just wanted to know how to get to yeah. the next corner. And then at that corner, where do yep. I go from there? And, you know, and, and then that's kind of that whole process. And, and if you're telling someone, okay, well, you need to do this and at the end, it, it will be this, it, it does overwhelm them. And at various points in time, they're going to stop yeah. because that was all they needed or all they could afford or, you know, whatever. And, you know, so you might not have sold them, you know, the 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 best absolute thing that that you had out there but they got what they yeah,
0: needed. and that's the next step. Yeah, you're quite right. It's a great analogy you just mentioned. It's. I remember the old days, you know, someone would say, oh, well, I, I, do you want directions to get to my place? I said, no, you know, I'll get a map book. No, no, no it's okay. I'll tell you, you know, from your place, you take the third on the right, mm-hmm. which is Johnson. You head to the roundabout. Don't take the second exit. Take the third exit. And then on the first on the left, you'll see a little shop on the corner. Don't turn there. Go to another one, the first right. And mm-hmm. man, I mean, you, you lost me at the roundabout.
1: Right. And then they talk about Mrs. O'Leary's yeah. cow, you know, and, and all, and, and you're right. You're just like, okay, when I turned which Did way out of my driveway? Just, just give me the first two
0: corners. I'll stop and I'll ask someone else from there. Mm-hmm. All
1: right. Right. You know, and, and uh, that's, uh, it is something where I think we do, we want to tell everybody, hey, you know, we're so fabulous. We've got this and this and this and this and this. But, you know, if they're interested, they'll take that next step. And they'll keep saying, okay, well, I've done this, now what? And it's the now what that you're really wanting. So, maybe it's, you know, that you're posting little snippets on social media, uh, you know, tips, tips and techniques, you know, of, you know, how to do LinkedIn well. Those are great for a great many people. But then, you know, they're wanting more. So, they're going to say, okay, now what? And it's that now what that we're trying to get people to. And don't
0: give them two now what's, just give them one now what.
1: Right hmm Yeah. It's not you need to do this, then this, then this. No, it's because no. <laughs> one yeah, step if, at a time. Know, if,
0: if I'm speaking at a conference, uh, then I'm going to try, other than the person reading out my bio, I'm going to try to avoid like the plague that there's a book out there called Leadsology because I want the a box on the feedback mm-hmm. form if they fit the right profile, book a time. Go to bookachadwithtom.com right. and find a time let's have a talk. See if you qualify, mm-hmm. but if you do, let's have a talk. Mm-hmm. Because people will take the course of least resistance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, if you go to a conference, you say, "Look, I've got a free guide. You can go here and get my free guide, or you can do mm-hmm. my survey, or we can talk." Then most people go, "You know what? I'll check out the free guide and I'll get to back to Deb later on." Right. It's the course of least resistance, but of course, mm-hmm. they never get back to Deb later mm-hmm. on, and they don't even read the freaking free guide because they download it and it gets lost in an avalanche mm-hmm. of other free guides.
1: <laughs> right. It's kind of like those emails that are that I have that are telling me, you know, hey, the recording of that webinar is there. It's like, yeah. Yeah, digital, you know, that's that's digital avalanche, on the list.
0: right? So, so give people the next mm-hmm. step, but don't give them two next steps.
1: Mhm. Now, you know, the, the key premise that you talk about is, is lead generation, you know, and, and that we get these qualified people that are interested that, you know, maybe they're not going to make the purchase right now because, you know, for whatever reason, but they're interested. And so that's why we keep them on the email list and, and all of those things. But how is it that we get high volume and high quality? without it just costing uh, a, us a fortune. That's a
0: great question. This is sort of a $64 million question or in my case it's a $5 question. Uh, so what I do is this. So so the so what we want. The ideal scenario is you wake up on a Monday morning, you you open up your calendar, iCal or Outlook or whatever you're using, Google whatever. And you mm-hmm. sipping your coffee and you look at your calendar and there's a bunch of people who have booked a time to talk with you about becoming a client. That's the ideal scenario, right? That's marketing heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and right. these people know your fee range mm-hmm. and they have a pretty good idea how you work with with clients and they like that and they, and they regard you as being the number one choice. That's what effective marketing does. To get them, you need two things. You need quality and you need the thing which we often don't associate with quality, which is quantity. Because we're going to put so many mm-hmm. filters in place so that the people that you get to speak with are, well, they meet those criteria. They know your fee range, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're keen. They want to work with you. They just need perhaps a final sign-off from you. Mm-hmm. So how do you get that? Well, we do is, is we set up uh, contractors. So we have contractors that are identifying where the bears are, the forest that the bears are. We, we work a lot with what, what I call OPN, mm-hmm. which I go to in the book, which is other people's networks. So there are, you know, you mm-hmm. and I, uh, if we're targeting, well, let's, let's just say which I'm, I'm targeting, you're probably targeting too, is entrepreneurs, business owners who have, you know, profitable businesses that are doing well that want to get to the next level. There are literally thousands right. of those networks across North America alone. I mean, if not thousands, then tens of mm-hmm. thousands. So we have a contract, wakes up in Bangladesh mm-hmm. on a Monday morning and gets paid for one hour of work. In this case, I'll call him Michael, not his real name, but Michael wakes up in Bangladesh Monday morning, does one hour of work for me in identifying where the bears are in the forests and engaging with the owners of those particular forests. In other words, the people who have these other people's networks. So he has a copy and paste system where he identifies them and approaches them and engages with them. He gets five hours work a week for five dollars an hour, so that's a hundred bucks mm-hmm. a month in a country mm-hmm. where the national average wage is ninety six dollars. Michael has just been right. he's, so really, he's happy really happy and, and he's only working mm-hmm. five hours a week and he got a monthly bonus and 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 last month of seven hundred and twenty dollars. Again, in a country where the national Mm -hmm. average is $96 a month and people are generally working 50 to 60 hours Mm -hmm. a week. He's working five hours a week. So he's a 23-year-old with internet connection. He is the local hero, right? And and that's Mm -hmm. how you get the volume is you outsource a lot of what I, without wishing to be uh, demeaning, but it's a lot of the donkey work, a lot of the routine Mm-hmm. Uh, detailed work that requires persistence. And and we business owners don't like routine detailed work that requires persistence.
1: Right. We want to be wanna, doing our stuff. We want to be
0: talking to people about becoming clients and working with them to become a client. And that's pretty much all we really want to do. We wanna, don't want to do spreadsheets. We don't want to stalk people on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. We don't want to, you know, approach a whole bunch of people and have them say no to us. We just want to talk to the people that are serious about becoming clients. And that's, metaphorically speaking, I call that, that's the dog. Dogs wake up in the morning, they want to run, they want to bark, they want to eat, and that's about it. Cats cats meow. Mm-hmm. Right. So Michael in Bangladesh is a cat, mm-hmm. he wakes up in the morning, and he looks forward to spending that hour where he can identify the right people, copy, paste, and his English is perfect because he can only mm-hmm. copy and paste what I tell him to copy and paste. It's our little system. So uh, let's just take one scenario here. How, do, how would we use someone like Michael? So every Thursday morning at 9 a.m., I have a little thing that I call a boardroom briefing, and it's a 45-minute demonstration Mm -hmm. of lead generation. And Michael's job Mm -hmm. is to find people that fit the target profile and to invite them to that meeting. So I show up at 9 o'clock on a Thursday morning, and I present to a bunch of people that Michael has found, invited to the meeting, they've registered for it, they've shown up on lead generation. And I get a return of around $30 for every $1 I invest with Michael. Now, here's the – it's not bad. Not bad. Here's the thing, though. The other big thing is it gets done. Every single morning, Mm -hmm. you wake up, I wake up, whoever's listening to this, you wake up and you do what you want to do. Every single day, you do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Some days, you wake up and do what you should do. And that is Mm -hmm. the reason – the fundamental number one reason why most marketing efforts fail because we are dogs and we want to bark metaphorically speaking in other words we want to meet with people that want to know more about working with us we want to work with clients we love working with clients we love talk to people who want to know more about working with us other than that we don't want to do any marketing we want to just show up and and, Mm -hmm. and do those meetings and that's I believe what the ultimate in marketing is, is people just show up and they talk to people about becoming clients. And those people know what the fee range is. And that's how you get the volume. You get a contractor on board for $5 an hour. You treat them like a member of your family. In other words, you really look after them well and, mm-hmm. and with, with right. courtesy and respect. And, and you ask about their kids and how their cat is and everything else. And so they feel like they're a valued human being and, and they make a contribution at one hour a day. Five, five hours a week, they get paid one hundred dollars more than the national average wage, and you give them a big fat bonus for results, which is getting the right people to the meetings with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You, know, and you didn't spend your time doing it, you know, if it's me, I waste a lot of time, you know, because I, you know, say I'm looking on LinkedIn yep. for for people like that. Well, I end up reading a whole bunch of profiles that don't pertain right. and then oh, wait a minute, that person might have a cute video and oh, look, they've got a link to Facebook, <laughs> you know, and, and all of these things. And you know that's that you know, and and then the phone rings, and you know all these various things. And so, it's when you have that person who is dedicated to doing that, and you have you know you work well with them, you've provided them with the information that they need. That really is it the perfect is the perfect system, system.
0: and it, and it goes back to the fact that MD wakes up in the morning and he's motivated to get get the right people at those meetings for me. And I mean, his KPI is mm-hmm. is is twelve. People attending a meeting every month. If he hits twelve, he gets a six hundred dollar bonus. That is just insane wow. money.
1: So he's really going to to try very hard to make sure. He's I'm pretty got sure he's got his people.
0: cousin and his brother-in-law and his his mother-in-law probably working for me as well in in the background because
1: right. Mm-hmm.
0: He's, yeah, he's, outsourced. he's, he's, he's entrepreneurial, <laughs> and they're incredibly resourceful, and they're smart. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are actually mm-hmm. very well educated. They mm-hmm. just don't have the job opportunities in their country that I can offer them. So mm-hmm. uh, we're all happy, you know. I'm waking up on a Monday morning, looking at my calendar. It's got bookings mm-hmm. from people who are either registered to a small meeting where I'm going to show them how to do lead gen, or they've actually booked a time to talk with me about becoming a client because they've already been to one of those meetings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that—that's right. the thing that doesn't work is if I have someone like Michael. Uh, appointment setting and getting people straight off, say LinkedIn or from other people's networks, talking to me about becoming a client, like a consult, like a strategy consult, that doesn't work because we mm-hmm. haven't had a date with them. That would that would be like I'm Hugh Jackman, right? Going, right. hey, you know, let's go out, let's let's mm-hmm. let's talk about getting married on the first date. But we've got to get them through that immersive experience mm-hmm. first, where they've gone to a meeting where we've talked about how our stuff works, and then we get them to the consult.
1: Right. You know, it comes back to what we were saying at the the very start. It is about building that relationship. You don't propose on the first date. You know, you, you, you don't walk into a networking meeting to somebody you have never met before and said, you absolutely positively must buy my, my service or you're going to be a failure. You know, they're going to look at you and go, aver- <laughs> aver- <yeah. laughs> and Appathetic then they're going to turn to and walk off.
0: That's what we're stimulating when we do that.
1: Right. Right. Well, oh my... Gosh, Tom, we are at the top of the air. And it's exactly what I said. I still have all these notes in here about, you know, I've got one, random acts of marketing, referral marketing, niche marketing. See, I have all these things. So, obviously, this means we do just have to have you on again. But until then, tell people how they find you, how they connect with you. And and again, you know what your services and, you. and your book So, is.
0: people can go to www.bookachatwithtom.com, have a read of the page. If it looks mm-hmm. like we've got a fit, then they can book a time and I'll have a chat with them. There's no 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 uh, there's no obligation. Our fees start at $300 a month, go up to $25,000 a month for enterprise plans, but chances are you'll be at the left-hand side mm-hmm. of that spectrum somewhere. But they can also go to leadsology.guru, mm-hmm. and I apologize for the dot .guru in advance, but .com was taken. <laughs> leadsology.guru. There's,
1: but you are right, a get guru. Get out of here. So, yeah. There's a
0: whole lot of free stuff there. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's probably two of the best places if if people are serious about lead gen, they like the sound of it, they want to talk dub dub dub, chat with Tom or if you want to kind of smell the flowers a little more, leadsology bunch of free stuff there.
1: Mm-hmm. Great, and you've got a Facebook group, you know, all sorts of resources, because again, it, it is about building that relationship, about making sure that it's a good fit before you advance um you know and and because we do we want to make sure that it's going to be a partnership that that continues you know we can do the let's sell one thing at a time over and over and over again or we can have clients and customers that are repeat customers that never leave us and more importantly tell our nice. friends
0: <laughs> we like that
1: perfect perfect Yep. And it's funny because word of mouth is one of the other things that you talk about in your book. So with that, we're just going to leave people. They need to to read the book to see what that is. But I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely fabulous time talking with Tom Poland today. And until next time, everyone have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.